Tonight, uh, I want to talk about forgiveness. And we're in the Reboot Relationship series. And I would say that forgiveness is essential in having great relationships. That it's something that we have to understand. It's important to understand. I think that there's uh, a lot of confusion on the topic. I've personally experienced complete confusion as far as what forgiveness is. So I want to tonight talk about what is forgiveness and what it is not, for one thing, as well as talking about why we need to forgive and how we can forgive. Um, So first I want to read you the definition and, and talk a little bit about that is the dictionary definition. It says, to excuse for a fault or an offense, pardon, to renounce anger or resentment against, to absolve from payment of a debt. So overall, I want to, it it helps to think about forgiveness as being releasing of a debt, releasing of something that somebody owes you. You know, when somebody harms you, they, they owe you for that. It's a part of the system of justice. The world wouldn't make any sense if, peop- if there wasn't a sense that if you did something, you should pay for it. Do- does that make sense? It's just sort of like th- the reason that we have laws in this, in this world are because of the fact that you can imagine the chaos if the world was set up in a way that there wasn't some kind of justice. Justice is you do something wrong, there is payment for it of some kind, and that it is the payment is in line somehow with making good or making some kind of recompense for whatever you've done. In biblical times, as a matter of fact, when, you know, the civil law and the way that it worked is that people would steal, for instance, and then they would have to pay back seven times what they stole, and that was justice, which makes sense. So if you actually get caught, you don't pay back just what you stole to have you get that it was wrong to steal. You, you paid back, you know, it depended on the circumstance. Sometimes it was four times, sometimes it was seven times. But it was multiple times past more than what you stole as a payment to make good for what you did. And so it helps to acknowledge the fact that, that there's been a wrong done. Um, one of the things that, and I think we all have a sense of justice, part of the thing that happens that I think we have a lot of shame about, maybe you've experienced that, is when somebody has hurt you, you feel bad that you want them to pay. Have you ever had that? I mean, because a normal reaction is you, you play, uh, you know, I've done this. You know, we've all done this. I'm not alone in it. But where somebody does something to wrong you and you play it through your head how you'd like them to pay for that, you know, and you play it over and over and over again in, in your mind. And have you ever been ashamed that you had those feelings? It's actually, it makes sense, though. It's, there's a sense of justice and righteousness about the fact that if somebody's done something wrong, they should pay for it. Forgiveness is you choosing to release somebody of what they owe you for it. Now, a lot of times, I, I know in my past, what I was confused about, and one of the things, some of the things that it's not, is acting like nothing happened. I would say that most of my life, I related to forgiveness as pretending that I was never wrong to begin with. I would minimize things, act like something that was incredibly large of, you know, harm, and say, oh, it's not a big deal. Have you ever done that? It's fine, no big deal, I'm fine, I'll live, I'll truck through, 
and that kind of thing. Minimizing is also not forgiveness. It is not letting go of a debt because in order to let go of a debt, you have to acknowledge that there was a debt there to begin with. Not acknowledging that there was harm done is not, you, you haven't even gotten to, the play, to that place yet to release what was owed you. So that's not going to work. The other thing, too, that happens when you minimize this, it, it kind of screws with all of your relationships. Because you tend to, and I, I did this, um, look at the world through thinking that horrible wrongs are not a big deal. And it skews your whole life perspective, which it did mine. A lot of my history, my earlier history, and the way that I, like, survived it, you know, um, because I was you know, as you know, I was abused. So I related to that in a way of, I'm fine, no big deal. Hey, I'm, I'm doing fine. I've survived. Ha ha ha, you know, look at me. And I would say a lot of times why we don't want to acknowledge that there, there's a few reasons why we don't want to acknowledge that there's been a wrong done. One is, and I can relate to, to both of these, is that you feel like if you say that somebody hurt you, that they have power over you, that you've lose that. Have you ever experienced that? To say it, it just part of it is like acknowledging that somebody's caused you hurt. It would be like they, then it shows they got something over on me. Have you ever related that way? Whereas if you act like you didn't get to me, I'm fine. Then it does. The, we don't get connected with our vulnerability or the sense of weakness or that kind of thing. This is also not forgiveness, and it won't work. Um, so there's that piece of it. And another one which makes a lot of sense is that, and I've experienced this as well, is where you don't want to acknowledge a wrong in a relationship because you're afraid of losing the relationship. If you get real about how somebody's hurt you, for one, it'll make you, it, it could cause you to not want to be in the relationship to see what actually, you know, to see it for what it actually is. You're saying like, oh, I'd, if I stay in this and acknowledge that I've really been wronged, I'm stupid. Why would I stay? Like if I recognize that somebody abused me or mistreated me in a really terrible way, but I'm still talking to them, I look like a fool. Or it could be, so it could either cause you to want to move away to acknowledge the wrong that's been done, or it could cause you like to, if you say something and get upset with the person that they run away. Because you might be aware of the fact that if I say something or speak up, that person won't want to be around me anymore. So these are understandable reasons as far as why, you know, why sometimes instead of really forgiving, we might label it forgiving, which I did for a long time. I just thought that I was the most forgiving person ever because I didn't acknowledge that anybody ever hurt me. I was, you know, I thought I'm master of forgiveness. So, um, but what it did is it showed up in other hurtful, you can, can it sort of make sense as far as how this shows up in hurtful ways and how it skews your life perspective. So what does help and what, what it is, oh yeah, well, before I ha actually have a few more of what it's not. Another thing that people get it confused with is trusting somebody. They get the two things confused where it's, if you've forgiven, then that means that you act like nothing's happened and you completely trust the person just the way that, that things were before, if they've wronged you in some way. In fact, maybe you've been in the situation that somebody's hurt you a lot and you don't just go pop back to normal and they say, what's the matter? Don't you forgive me? What kind of Christian are you? Have you ever heard that one? Had somebody put that on you? You know, 
forgiveness means that you they that you're going to let go of them owing you something but that's different from setting boundaries it's different from giving trust again you can um for instance like and sometimes it gets confusing because they can look a little bit similar one act could be a punitive thing well i know i want to hurt this person back so i'm going to not talk to them or take their phone calls anymore that's different than this person has been really hurtful. I've given them the opportunity. I've told them, you know, I don't want to be spoken to that way. I've told them, if you speak to me that way again, I, I'm not going to take your phone calls anymore or something like that. Is it, do you see the difference between the two? But sometimes it can be confusing because it, it can look similarly. One, on the one hand, is speaking up for your, for your boundaries and saying what you're okay with and not okay with. And the other is relating in a way I want to punish or hurt somebody else. Forgiveness, you can forgive somebody but set boundaries and say, I can't trust you. You know, you have not, and whenever trust has been broken of any significance, it should take time to rebuild trust. We should give out trust based on what our experience has been with somebody. If we don't have a lot of experience, you don't want to hand them the keys to the kingdom. If you don't know somebody, don't know their history, it's a little crazy to just act like you do. You know, and like this is because we know that there's untrustworthy people. We're not that naive. The world is full of people that cannot be trusted, that are dishonest or that are abusive or that, you know, all kinds of things that we see around us. So kind of acting like we should right up front, you meet somebody and you're just like, oh, I trust you. You know, it's again, it, it seems to me that it always makes more sense when we look at our financial situation that we understand how crazy it is to trust people that we just met. We would not trust a stranger that we just met to be in our home unsupervised. You know, you meet somebody, you know, on the street or in the parking lot and say, hey, you want to stay? Oh, you need a place to stay? Come stay at my house. It's, you know, and then you go off and do something else and leave them alone in your home. You know, that would seem crazy. But at the same time, we think that emotionally we should take people in the same way. So forgiveness is not trusting somebody again. Trust should be given out based on somebody having a track record and a history of trustworthiness. And it should be commensurate with the amount of time, you know, like what it sh balance out with what it is that you're trusting them in the amount of time, you know, depending upon the value. If it's something that you're giving of great value, either heart-wise or financially, you know, that there's a lot of risk, then there would be more history that you would know. Or if trust was broken, more history that of reestablishing the trust. Um, so I want to go to Matthew 18 and kind of looking a little bit, understanding just a little bit first about what it is. It's letting go of a debt, what it is not. Some of the, some of the, the things that, that people normally call forgiveness that isn't. But if you see the first part think about this. The first part of forgiveness is acknowledging that you've been wronged. Um, and, the, and then we're going to look at Matthew 18, uh, which is a great record about forgiveness and why and how we forgive. In Matthew 18 and verse 21, it says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times, he said, should I, if somebody does a bad thing to me, and probably, I, I'm going to guess that Peter thought that that was a lot. Would you think that if somebody did something really bad to you that 
forgiving them seven times would sound like a lot? I would think so. You go, wow. So I'm thinking Peter's like thinking, wow, the Lord will be so impressed that my heart's so big. Lord, should I forgive a man that did something to me seven times? And then the Lord says in verse 22, he answered, I tell you not seven times, but the NIV is written wrong. It's actually, but 70 times seven. So how much is 70 times seven? I don't know. It's a lot. (laughs) I did not do the math. But think about that. Like, if we're already thinking that nobody has to do the math right now. Uh, (laughs) Everybody's calculating. It's what? 490. 490 490 times. I think he's, you know, I don't think he was literally talking about, like, 490 times and then 491 don't forgive him anymore. I think the Lord was responding to the fact that Peter... Peter was thinking he was being a generous person in saying, should I forgive the guy that did this wrong to me seven times? You know, wouldn't you say, that sounds big hearted, don't you think? And the Lord's going, no, 70 times seven. So I think it's a figure of speech to basically say, can you imagine forgiving somebody 490 times for doing the same thing to you? Um, But the Lord's point of view is that we always forgive, that that's something that that we should always be in a place of forgiving, which is kind of hard to think about in some ways. But I also want to look at, as we're looking at this, that the reason that we forgive is for us, not for somebody else. If you've ever been in the place, if you think about the fact that forgiveness is letting go of a debt of wanting somebody to pay for what they've done, if you don't forgive, what happens is, is that you start spinning out in your brain about wanting somebody to pay, and how crazy does that make you? You ever done that for a while? Everybody's done it. You know, it's just, it feels nasty inside. It's like poison. It's just sort of like the thought of, like, playing it over and over and over in your mind that they deserve this and they deserve that and why, you know, and how you could punish them or how you wish bad things or how you wish nobody would like them anymore or how much, you know, like... Uh, or how you wish they'd be outed and everybody would see them for who they really are. And, you know, it's just, <clears throat> or what have you. It's understandable to want those things. It is, the, it is the appropriate, and there's nothing shameful for that to be your first reaction. It's understandable, it's righteous, it makes sense. But if we stay stuck there, if that's, if that's all that we get to, is saying this person deserves blah, 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 you know, and we run that over and over and over again, and anybody that stayed there, it, it will take you down. This is something that doesn't bless us individually. So the, so the Lord is not, he doesn't say in here, you should trust that person and give them the same, you know, the same trust that you always did 70 times 7. You know, if somebody, and we saw that in the record of Joseph when we talked about when people make you crazy, Joseph had this horrible thing that happened to him with his brothers trying to kill him and leaving him in a well for dead and then winding, changing their minds because they were such big guys and selling him into slavery, uh, you know, after he'd screamed for life, you know, and we saw that Joseph forgave. And this this was an honorable biblical example, but it came like Joseph forgave them but it came from a place, too, of the, him not jumping right back in and trusting them. He did a number of things over a period of time to see if 
they were safe people before he let them in and gave because he at this time we talk about the kings of the kingdom the keys to the kingdom joseph had the keys to the kingdom to give he had all the wealth and everything to give and so he didn't just say oh i feel stupid that's not very christian like of me or jewish like you know because jewish but um or well not you know not quite even jewish yet but anyway you know what i mean but um because it's before israel but uh uh, but the thing is, is that it's not like um, he just, you know, opened everything up again and let um, and let his brothers back in. So that's not what we're reading here, but it is saying that it's really important that there's never a time that we shouldn't be pressing it. We should not be satisfied to stay stuck for, you know, indefinitely in a place of not forgiving because it just takes us out. I mean, well, we'll read more about this. And it says in verse 23, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. And this is, again, very common for biblical times. Um, you know, when somebody was owed money, that they were sold into slavery. So it's pretty intense here. Verse 26, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown in prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what happened, they were greatly distressed and went and told their master everything that happened. Then the master called the servant, you wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he would pay back all that he owed. There's... The, of course, what we see from this is in the parable is the fact that this is so often how we relate. A big part of how we need to forgive is to remember what we've been forgiven for. That's what it takes. A big piece of this is when we start getting to the place that we're pointing fingers and thinking that, you know, because also where we go sometimes is where when we're upset with somebody that we're all right and they're all wrong. Now, maybe for that circumstance, that could be true. There are instances where somebody else is truly all wrong in that situation and you don't have any part of it. But the forgiveness comes from the fact that, that God Almighty and his son Jesus Christ have forgiven us for what? You know, for how much? It really helps to think, you know, and remember when it comes to letting go of how somebody's hurt us to think of what we've been forgiven for. There's no person alive that if you take a look at, you know, we all have places in our hearts that, I've got, that are just dark. I'm, a, I'm astounded at the things that I've done that are just hideous. You know, that are selfish, that are, that are um, unfair, unjust. The people that I've harmed in different ways or deceived or dark thoughts or feelings that I've had that are just disgusting. They're actually really vile. And the fact that God has chosen to love me and give his son for me even in that condition. And that's 
a lot of where, because you see this is exactly how we relate. Somebody that's been forgiven a lot, and then you forget that you, you know, you forget you've been forgiven, and you go, ah, oh, but you owe me, and you stay there. And that's what the master was talking about. Let's go to uh, Ephesians 4. Because a big part of this is really understanding what is it that we've been forgiven for. For me, oh, let's see. Did I write that one down? Could have sworn. Maybe I didn't. Oh, no, I did. Oh, actually, you know what? Let's go to Luke 23. Sorry, I'm going to go there first. This always gets me. This is like one of the things that I'm continually moved about this scripture it never it, it, it never doesn't um, touch me deeply this is during the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and part one of the things and we're going to be we're coming up pretty soon on Easter season so in a, in a couple of weeks we'll start that series the greatest love of all but one of the things to me that's so remarkable when we think about the crucifixion and how much Jesus loved us is when I think of, I just think about how good the Lord lived his life. Like if you think about Jesus and how he lived life, like everywhere he went, he healed people. He, he, there was nobody, you can never read a record where somebody came up and asked for healing. He said, yeah, no, you've been too bad. You've sinned too much. Or there was never, I mean, there are, like multitudes of people that it, that it talks about in the, in, the, in the Bible that he healed. And he did it day and night where he woke up before, you know, sun up and prayed and healed people all day. And he had throngs of people after him. And his whole life he was continued to be persecuted. He had people say the most awful things to him, accuse him of awful things. But, you know, talk about just, you know, he was attacked constantly. And then here we are at the crucifixion where it's shocking how they treated Jesus. Some of the things that happened during the, the, for one, just the fact that you would crucify this man that did nothing but heal people and love. It's just so, talk about unjust. You want to talk about unfair, unjust, like people deserving to pay? You know who really deserved to pay are the people that put him on that cross. You want to talk about dark. You want, it doesn't get any darker. I don't think. I, I can't imagine, like, how does it get any darker than the people that sat there and, and put him on that cross and reviled him and mocked him? And even the people that were yelling, crucify him, crucify him, a completely innocent man. I'm telling you, one day those people are going to be standing before Jesus Christ in the final days. But here's, through all that, through the days, you know, of the beatings and going to you know, Caiaphas and, uh, and uh, all of that. There's beatings and tortures and all kinds of things that he's been, and he's been hanging on the cross, which is this excruciating way to die. And in verse 33, it says, when they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. You know, Jesus had every right to be angry, to want revenge, to want them to pay 
talk about feeling, I don't deserve this. Jesus Christ is flesh and blood. He had feelings and emotions. It says he was tempted in all ways like we are, but without sin. So it's not like it felt different to him. It's not like he went through this experience and was like a little robot or something. I can't imagine what it would be like. But for, his, for there to be that great of a wrong done and his response to be forgiveness, you know. And even the fact that he would, like, think about the words. It's not even just forgive them, but he says, for they know not what they do. His perspective on it was getting it that the reason they hurt him is because they don't get it. They don't get his love. They don't get who God is. They don't understand. And mind you, that doesn't give people a free pass, really, but, you know, where you're just, but the, but that's another way that we can forgive is understanding that the things that people have wronged us, whatever they are, you know, it comes from a place of brokenness. It comes, people have been damaged. The people that, it, it, you know, it's, there's a book called Hurt People, Hurt People, and that's the way life works. People that have been hurt and abused pass on that hurt and abuse to others. So there's something in, in Jesus kind of saying they're doing this, but they don't understand. It's true. They, if they understood what was happening exactly, you know, that they wouldn't be doing that. But it's amazing that he could have that heart for them. Another thing, let's go to Ephesians 4. And in verse 32, it says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as as in Christ God forgave you. And so, one of the, again, one of the reasons that we can be kind and compassionate is looking at what we've been forgiving, f- forgiven for. When we recognize, I mean, it just always blows my mind that Jesus could forgive me. You know, I, one of the biggest deals when I got saved was really understanding that this man, Jesus Christ, loved me and was willing to give his life for me when I didn't love him, when I had rejected him, when I wasn't doing anything, walking with him or living for him. It was completely undeserving. But when we look at that, that helps us to understand how we can forgive. Um, Let's go to uh, Romans 12. Here's another. um, These are a couple more as far as how and why we can forgive. Romans 12 and in verse 9 that help. Because I get it, it's sort of. We want justice done, but I'll tell you how we get the justice part. The justice, um, well, we'll get to, <clears throat> is in the fact that, that it is in Jesus Christ that paid the price for sin. But here's some other parts about the justice. <clears throat> because God is still just. In Romans 12 and verse 9, it says, Love must be, did I? I think I wrote down the wrong verse. Uh, Let me just see. Oh, here we go. Sorry, 19. It says, Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It is mine to avenge. I will repay, saith the Lord. So, 
there's a couple things. It's true. It is true that in the final days, there's going to be there's going to be a day of reckoning where people come before the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not God saying it's not our job. It's not on us. It's we don't have to take care of things. That things the score will be evened in the final days in the way that people standing before the Lord and their works being judged for what they are. Mind you, people that are saved still have eternal life, but there's judgment as far as, you know, what, how that plays out in life. Um, so that's a piece of it. Another piece of it that I'm not going to go to the scripture, but there's a few verses, there's a few verses on this topic that help, I think, to give peace and help me to have peace personally when I'm letting go. Because it's hard when I, when Personally, I know I have sat there and just been hurt, very hurt by people and just said, wow, I didn't do anything to deserve this. And, I brought, and I'm just like, wow, how is that possible um, <clears throat> to have somebody be this hurtful to me? And, but part of it that the, that the Lord says or Jesus said is that he said ver- there's a couple things. One is there's a law of sowing and reaping, that you reap what you sow. There's no such thing as people living their lives like garbage that are going to have a great life. It just doesn't work. I don't care what it looks like on the outside. If people are dishonest, if people are, are taking advantage, their lives are terrible. They are. I don't care if they've hurt you or not hurt you. The cool thing is, is once you get healing and no boundaries and can stand up for yourself, which is what we're going to talk about next week, it's all about boundaries and speaking up for yourself in relationship. But once you get that healing, you don't need to put yourself in a place where people just roll all over you like, you know, and take advantage and treat you like a doormat. But so you can have a life that is blessed and prosperous and God takes care of you and you have great relationships and great friends. People that are jerks don't have great relationships. And isn't that like the best part of life? I mean... You know, it really, it's just like if you have no really great friends because nobody trusts you and you're a jerk and take advantage of everybody, what, that's no life. I don't care even if you have, there are people that have a lot of money, but their lives suck. And we see that. We see people take advantage and rip people off, but would you, I, won't, I don't care how much money they have. I don't want that kind of a life. It, they're not happy. They're miserable, you know, numbing out sometimes on all kinds of things. There, this is not a life I would want. So there's something to be said for the fact that we don't have to exact justice. It's even in this life, forget the life to come. The truth is, in this life, there, there's a law of sowing and reaping. And it's not God even doing it. It's just the fact that if you're walking against God and the rules of life, it's not going to work for you. You know, it's, it's like, you know, trying to... It's, yeah, you're walking against the rules of life. So, um, so that's that's a piece of it. Um, another couple things too before we go. Let's go to First John one, where we're going to wrap up. Um, I want it to be just so you feel okay about this. Is sometimes it takes time to forgive. You don't. You might want to get input from others on whether you're staying too stuck on on the, you know, grieving, feeling mad, that kind of thing. If get some safe people in your life to see if you've been spending too much time there, but it does take time for big for big things that have been committed against you. It's not going to be an overnight process that you get hurt and three days later I'm good. 
you know, there are times that it might take, it might take a year if something's been really seriously done to you or, or it's not going to be that out of the ordinary for it to take a year to process it and to get connected to the, to first acknowledge that the harm, if you were sexually abused, don't expect like that's going to go away in two weeks. You know, that, do you see how ridiculous that is? It's just sort of like, oh yeah, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. You know, you're just pretending to be fine. But it takes time in, in cases where there has been a lot of hurt to process through it, to first get that something's been, some harm's been done, et cetera, talk about it, to grieve, um, <clears throat> that kind of thing, to let it go. So understand and don't be un- unrealistic about the fact that it takes time, but you might want input to see, are you taking a healthy amount of time or are you just stuck and not letting something go? So good, safe people can help with that. It's also something that I, I've noticed is that sometimes it takes me more than one, like I forgive and then I go back to wanting payment. And that's, you know, where you just go, oh gosh, I let this go and now I'm go back at it again thinking I want them to pay. And I'm just like, oh. So forgiveness, it's, it's not a one-time thing sometimes, so that's understandable too. Like you can go back, does that make sense? You can go back and forth. Once you just let it go and said they don't have to pay anymore and I'm at peace with this and then all, then you go back and start wanting payment again, you know. So it could be something that you got to revisit um, more than once, again, depending upon the situation. Um, let's go. I also want to talk about in um, the idea, well, I want to read this verse, this section, which I think is really amazing. But you can't forgive yourself. I hear a lot of people saying, just forgive yourself, forgive yourself. If forgiveness is canceling a debt, whoever heard of that? Try going to a collection agency and saying, I've decided to, you know, forgive myself. <laughs> you know, if you owe somebody, forgi- you know, it's not like you can, you get to say that you get the re- debt to release. What it is and what we need to do, because I get what people are talking about, is to not live in shame and condemnation. It, what you need to do for that is receive forgiveness. Receive, forgiveness is something somebody else has got to give you. It's not something that you that can be a self-contained experience. So we need to be in a place that we receive the forgiveness. And particularly, we don't necessarily, sometimes we're not going to get forgiven from the people that hurt us. And sometimes, but we can always get forgiveness from God and from his son, Jesus Christ. That that's a place, and that's where our heart gets taken care of and healed for anything that, that we've done. Um, I also want to say, too, because next week we're going to be talking about the boundaries and speaking up part. It doesn't mean that you can't go to the person and try and resolve it where they're, uh, where, which gets into the boundary thing, where you tell somebody that you want some kind of restitution. I would like this to make this better. You can ask for that. You get to request making things better. You did this to me. This is what would make it feel better for me. This is what I need to rebuild trust. This is what I, you know, this is what I need to make it feel better as far as being restored. If you stole from me, I need you to repay me and blah, 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 or what have you. So forget, but, so you can do, you can do that, but still, if they say no, you can, for, you know, that's where forgiveness comes in because it, you don't want it conditioned on you forgiving them. So the idea is, I just want to put it out there that you can still ask for restitution 
to make the re- does that make sense to make the relationship better but forgive whether they make restitution or not make restitution because that's the part you know the forgiveness part isn't dependent upon that M- being safe in the relate it it being re- safe in the relationship re- is why you do the restitution thing does that make sense that's how you bu- rebuild the trust that goes i meant to mention that back when we talked about the trust thing in first john 1 in verse 7 it says um But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us, or it actually means washes us, from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. And that word purify is also cleanse us, which I just think, I don't know, to me cleanse... I, I get it more than purify. I don't know how it speaks to you or washes us, um, you know, or washes us from all unrighteousness. So I think one of the things that, again, the blood of Jesus Christ, no matter what we've done, no matter what it is, no matter, you know, what the shortcomings or anything else, it literally is that the blood of Jesus Christ paid the price. We need justice. We need payment. God set the world up that way. It's not like a bad thing. It's not like people set up the justice system. I mean, maybe our, our legal system. But the sense of justice is something God instituted for us to have some sanity and to understand what's right and wrong and, and all of those kinds of things and to make sense out of life. So the payment, there has been a payment for all of the things that we have done. Because there's a lot of things that we've done that we can't literally pay. I, I do believe that it's important for any place that, that we've fallen short to do what we can to make amends to, with somebody else. Making amends is not just saying you're sorry, but doing what you can to mend something, some kind of cause that, that you've brought. It's a great part of 12-step is trying to mend things or make amends for, for um, the places that we've fallen short. But it is impossible, no matter how much we do that, to pay for all of the places that we've fallen short. We just can't do it. Um, and even, it, even when we mend it, it's not quite paying for it because the wrong still got done. So, but it is the fact that literally by the blood of Jesus Christ, that was the price that paid. It says that the wages of sin are death and that literally Jesus Christ stepped in and took the death penalty for us. His crucifixion was paying the price for everything. And he loved us that much. The, I mean, I just, that blows my mind that Jesus Christ loved us that much, that saw it. You know, talk about like, you know, looking at, that helps to soften my heart when people have wronged me. It really helps a lot because I look at me and look at the, you know, I look, I look at a few things. I look at who I was before I even knew Jesus and the hardness and bitterness of my heart. Um, and how much I stood against him and in, in my arrogance. And it was just, I, I look at that. But I look at, too, just all the things that I've done since I became a Christian that I'm ashamed of, that sicken me. Like my behaviors that are like, oh, Lord, how could you even look at me and be okay with me? You know, I look at it. I look at, you know, all of the history that I had with my sexual sin. It's just gross. And all the things that I did as far as deceit goes, 
in and just you know how I deceived others and used I've used people I've taken advantage of people I've it's not just that my life has been gone through as I used to like to think about it sometimes where everybody just took advantage of me and I didn't ever do it back the truth is that I you know was the not always the nice person and or even in the places now where I have you know like thoughts that are more petty you know, or or bitter or things like that, then I'm like, oh gosh, it's just gross within inside of me. But and knowing that Jesus Christ looked at me and looks at me right now in that condition, it's not like I'm hiding anything from the Lord. You know, that I am seen by him in my darkest places. He sees me all of it. Even the things I'm not even seeing myself. And still loves me. And felt that the life of each of us, and even if it was just one of us, was worth him laying down his life. And it's by his blood that we have been washed clean. There was a payment, and it is just, but it was the greatest price that's ever been paid is the life of Jesus Christ. And that helps me to keep, when I, it helps me whenever to come off of that pointing my fingers and getting out outraged and what have you just go oh well look at what I've been forgiven for so why can't I let that go you know and the fact is I don't need the payment from the person to for my life to be okay if they never want to pay if they never want to reconcile if they never want to make amends I don't need that for my life to be okay because God Almighty and his son Jesus Christ are going to take care of me you know and I can seek them I can seek them out and and get peace in that so anyway Forgiveness, a big piece of the relationship reboot. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I feel so thankful for your forgiveness. I am so vividly aware of the fact that I am undeserving, no matter which way I look at things in myself, whether it's before I was a Christian or after or, or in my darker places now, Lord. I'm amazed that you loved me so much and that you loved each and every person here that much. I pray, Lord, to help us all to soften our hearts to receive your forgiveness, to allow and to believe in our heart of hearts that it truly is that you, Lord Jesus, it is in your blood that we are washed clean, that we stand before you like our robe is, our, since our robe is white, that that we can stand before you righteous even though we are undeserving of it in personally but but you've paid the price for it and justice has been done in that i pray to help us to be in a place that we can let go of the bitterness that's in our hearts towards people if they're if they're places that we've been hanging on too long and staying angry too long and wanting payment too long you know that it's just a poison inside that we just let it go and just understand that it's vengeance is yours, Lord. You're the one that repays, that we don't have to be the ones to exact payment. That doesn't mean we can't speak up and try and mend things, but Lord, if people aren't wanting to do that, that you are still our strength, you are still our sufficiency, that you're going to take care of us, Lord, as we just look to you, that we want to line our ways up with you and our hearts up with you and walk with you in a bigger way. So I thank you, Lord. I thank you that it's because of you that we can have our hearts be soft and not be stuck in resentments towards others. 
Um, and so just help us, Lord, with these things. Help us to see if there's places that we need to let go. I just pray right now that our hearts be open and seeking to see what we're not seeing and um, that you would shed light in it because your light is healing and your light, you know, it's just, we don't want to have places that are dark that we're not acknowledging. We want to have places that are free and healed by you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.